Welcome to this latest installment in the Health Disparities podcast series from Movement is Life, featuring movers, shakers, playmakers, and innovators who are advancing health equity and sharing their varied perspectives. I'm Sharon Shroy, your host for this episode. All views expressed here are the participants' own. Sheena Franklin worked as a healthcare government affairs specialist for 20 years, which gave her a framework for how the business of healthcare works nationally. While working as a lobbyist at Walgreens, she worked closely with their innovation team, where she was able to observe day-to-day healthcare delivery up close. Her experience as a dermatology patient led to a desire to make things better. After struggling to find a dermatologist she was comfortable with, she realized this was partially due to her beautiful, melanin-rich skin and systemic gaps in dermatology training. So fast forward to today, and Sheena is a CEO of Kept Health, a startup that understands all skin tones, a first-of-its-kind modern digital dermatology and skincare clinic for all women, no matter skin tone or skin condition. Let's welcome Sheena Franklin to the podcast. Hi, how are you? I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. I mean, this is going to be a pretty phenomenal conversation because especially we're talking about skin color and how things look and AI, this is going to be a great connection on how to even tackle disparities in the field. You know, you said in the past that dermatology education has a skin color problem, which is already intriguing. Textbooks have an overrepresentation of white skin resulted in subpar care for people of color. You are changing that equation with a holistic, culturally competent, AI-driven skin health platform. Let's talk about that. And first off, let's talk about what telederm really means. So it's a combination of telemedicine and dermatology, essentially the industry's way of being creative. That's so interesting as you know, people are getting more comfortable with telehealth. I mean, the last year alone, 2020, has taught us that there are ways of delivering care in a different way, in a more innovative way. You know, why do you think that telederm, is, is it the future? Is it a better way for people to address cultural competency in dealing with skin care issues? I definitely think that over the last year, everyone has um, gotten to know telemedicine in a more intimate way. I think a lot of folks already knew what telemedicine was, but there was still some hesitancy around it. And it wasn't really something that everyone thought was readily available for them. Um, Do I think telemedicine is the future? I do. I don't think telemedicine will completely replace like in-person care, but it's definitely going to help a large percentage of the population receive the care that they need. And then it's also going to serve as some type of triage, right? Someone can go there and then if something needs to be taken to the clinic, you know, there's already some type of relationship. Also, the patient is going to be more knowledgeable about what's going on with themselves or even just be more confident in what they know. So when they do see the doctor, they're going to have a better conversation. Can you tell us a little more about that triage opportunity? Because you mentioned in your comments about it's the future. It gives people an opportunity to triage care before they have a relationship or to further their relationship with their provider. Can you tell me a little more about that? 
Absolutely. And I'll use our platform as an example and dermatology and all this, the skincare industry as an example. So um, what happens is a lot of times when it comes to our skin, we have so many questions, right? But we also feel as though we can self-diagnose at home because we see all the commercials telling us that we could treat this, we could treat that, you know, you, you could do it on your own. And so, but we still have this desire of seeking professional care. So in skincare, there's your dermatologist and then there's the esthetician, right? That's gaining more popularity. And so what we found on our platform is that a lot of women will come to the platform and they'll say, I don't really know if I need to go to a dermatologist. I'm hesitant to go to the dermatologist because it's expensive or I had a really bad experience or I just know they don't know much about skin of color, whatever it is. So they'll come on the platform and they'll say, I'll have a chat session, right? And so that's this is where we incorporate um, clinical estheticians, folks who have worked with dermatologists, and they're able to answer questions. Sometimes it's something as simple as here's a routine, here's some products, or this is what we think this may be happening to your skin. Now we're going to refer you to a dermatologist. And so now our patient is a little bit more comfortable, right? So that's how we think about triage and care that way. Um, and sometimes folks are just like, can you treat this? This is, you know, tell us everything. And we're like, whoa, well, you know, there's something you need to go see someone in person or after the initial visit, you know, they may not need a full follow-up visit, but they'll come back and we'll also follow up with them. How was your visit? Have you been sticking to your routine? Um, things like that. Or they may say, I don't know if I need to go into a follow-up visit, um, but this is what happened. This is what's happening, right? So we kind of triage before, during, and after, and that allows the 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 physician, the dermatologist, to have all this information readily available to them, so they can make a better diagnosis. Or if they feel something is getting worse over time, then they can say, "Hey, we need to move this off of the telemedicine platform. You need to come in, and we need to treat it with A, B, and C, and it's going to cost you X amount of money." I love that whole concept because you talked about triage and one of the things, if they don't feel comfortable talking to someone who may not have done with, you know, dealt with brown skin, I guess. So let's kind of start talking about defining some of the disparities in that space, because you mentioned mm -hmm. people aren't as comfortable. They may not have a doctor that's familiar or a dermatologist, sorry, that is likely to look at black skin differently. You know, you talking about triage and getting the patient comfortable, how do you think that's going to help the dermatologist get them more comfortable with brown skin? Yeah, that's a great question. And unfortunately, I would have to say it, it's something that the dermatologist is going gonna, is gonna to have to do on their own, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're going to have to be proactive and say, okay, I went to medical school. I wasn't trained on skin of color. I didn't do a residency in New York or Philadelphia or Detroit, you know, anywhere where there's a high population that's diverse. So now I know I'm in this particular city or I'm starting to have more people of color coming to me. Maybe I need to now go out and seek some continued education courses so I'm able to help them, right? So that shouldn't be the burden of me. Where that's kind of where we are now, right? And so when you have that approach, so when I come to you, instead of saying, you know, I might not be the best 
doctor for you. I'm going to refer you to a colleague. It's, oh, you can't have that because your skin is problematic. So that creates more issues with us wanting to go to the doctor, right? Like we don't want to be othered. We don't want to feel as though we're the problem when actually kind of the doctor, right? Not because they're not good. They just need a little bit more to help serve this increasing diverse population. You know, and you mentioned something interesting about diverse population and um, earlier about patients feeling comfortable. Do you think for Black and Hispanic patients that is dermatology uh, a nice to have? Like, is it something that they, I mean, it, and it's true. It's, oh, that's that's an expense for other people, not, not me. Like, I, I could spend that money on something else. You know, for people, especially brown people, to go to the dermatologist later, I think your app and the platform is perfect because it gets people used to talking about dermatology. Yeah, so we did some of our own research and our research beta and then looked at other studies. And what we found is, is that it's not that we don't want to go or that we may think it's a luxury. It's just like, we don't think it's for us, right? Because it hasn't been presented as though it's for us too, although we do need it. It's not just this cosmetic. You know, I, I want to get this pimple away so I can look good for my date or my presentation. It's more of what's going on internally, you know? There's studies that say um, when you have dark skin or brown skin, uh, cancer is less likely to be detected early or diabetes or any internal issue that that may be going on. Right. So I think our platform, one of our missions is just to put it out there and say this is a platform for you. Dermatology is for you. Right. You can feel comfortable that we're not going to just squander your money away. Like there's a real purpose. And even if you do want to come because you just want more glowing skin and healthier skin, we're going to help you do that too. Exactly. Because I think that that's one of the things it's, I guess, in all professions sometimes, not just in dermatology, it's, you know, uncovering, you know, we we have Dr. Augustus White on our, um, who's involved with, um, you know, some of this work, you know, and it's amazing just the knowledge. We know the maternal death, you know, birth rates for um, Black women and Hispanic women. And, you know, it's so um, interesting to talk about, you know, just that bias. And it's not always implicit. It's just not knowing. So when you mentioned earlier about dermatologists not having experience with, you know, brown skin, it's almost, and out going into a hairdresser and you you go into a new hairdresser and it's like, this salon looks great, but there's nobody in here that looks like me. And then everybody, oh, I can do your hair. And then you're like, no, maybe not. <laughs> so at least the platform helps people, the patient get familiar. And then, you know, is there a way to help find some providers or dermatologists through the platform that may look like, you know, brown and black people? What we try to do is, once again, we're all about increasing access and lifting off the barrier, right? So what we do is we actually provide telemedicine on our services directly on our platform. And so I worked with a great team of dermatologists who are on my advisory board. And what we do is we go out and source and vet dermatologists who are experienced in skin of color and integrative dermatology, right? And so we put that out there to everyone who's considering, you know, joining our community, as we call it. We did the hard work for you, right? Like, we, you can trust us. 
we did the hard work for you. So you don't have to come on our platform, try to figure out who's the best person, you know, play back and forth. We did the work for you, you know, and because we use asynchronous technology versus synchronous, right? So it doesn't have to be live. That again, also decreases the cultural barriers of language, social economic status, or any personal type of bias that a physician or esthetician or a nurse may have. Not that we think everybody is bad. It's just like we all have biases, right? And so our platform works to eliminate all those things so that we can concentrate on giving you the best care and you stay with our community throughout your skincare journey. This platform and the technology, do you think technology has a path in helping in health disparities? I think technology in and of itself, it absolutely does. But what's going to drive that are the founders and the CEOs of the company and how they apply that technology, right? It cannot be an afterthought. And this is where I think it comes when you have people of color who are founders and CEOs, we're bringing that added element, right? And even for myself, you know, it's taken me a little bit longer to get to market because our advisors, our team and myself, we said, we're going to put in the extra work. We're going to take the extra six months to get it done, to do the research. A lot of people don't want to do that, but does technology have that opportunity, chance, can it do that? Absolutely. You know, I love, I, you know, asking that question makes me think too, it's being in the room because you not only are we using technology to help in disparities or even tackle them, it's people that understand what they are and not just a blanket approach. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wanted to do this interview because when I think of how things look in a magazine or how people look or even, oh, I I quoted, I actually tweeted once too when Meghan Markle, before she, as she was getting married, the ad said, you can get Meghan Markle's sun-kissed beauty. And I was like, sun-kissed? Like, that's her beauty. Why does it have to be sun-kissed? She's not, that's not sun-kissed beauty. Her face is her face. She's brown. That's why it looks the way that she looks. It's not some, you know, and it was for some, you know, skincare regimen. So I'm thinking, was it about lightning or darkening or why would it need to be sun-kissed to be just beautiful skin? Um, so I thought this fascinating and to know that technology can help play an, a part in making sure that even, just, I guess, skin health problems are, you know, um, looked at. You know, my husband has a beard, so he'll shave and then I'll be like, hey, you have these hair bumps or whatever, but I have convinced them that it's okay to go to the dermatologist. He will go. Um, but he just, because he doesn't want any, you know, he doesn't want any bumps on his beard. He wants to make sure that it's smooth. And, but I think that we're talking about disparities in skin tone and dermatology and even, you know, health equity. You mentioned about finally, or people feeling comfortable enough to finally go to the doc, dermatologist. Like, why are we seeing, is that why we're seeing such poor survival rates when black and brown people, um, when it comes to melanoma? Like, is it a true misdiagnosis? Are they afraid to go or does the dermatologist not know enough? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a little bit of all of that, right? I think, but we're talking from the perspective of the patient, you know, it's it's a lot of miseducation, again, of what's been told to our communities that we don't get skin cancer, you know, we do. 
Um, and so I think it's it's all education, right? My dad was saying, hey, we got enough melanin, no, you know, melanin. We don't get coronavirus. I was like, what? What are you talking about? That's not true. Like there's power in people thinking about melanin, but there's also what well, we don't get because, mm-hmm. you know, we were in Africa and, you know, we, we're not going to get skin cancer. We were already out in the sun. It's like, no, people in Africa get sun cancer, too. It's about exposure. Do you think that the situation's improving with education or in some people like you and kept health, you know, helping to push the needle there? Yeah, like that's one of our goals is to help push the needle. And one thing we don't just say skin care, we always say skin health, right? Because that's everything that happens to your skin. You know, people are surprised when we tell them that's a medical condition. Acne, you're trying to treat with this cream that you got from the drugstore is actually a medical condition. The discoloration is a medical condition, right? So once you start to reframe what's going on with your skin, I think there's going to be a better receipt. And then people are going to be able to be more proactive in their skin and their health and, and determine what's really going on. I love how you said that it's a medical condition because most people think, especially brown people, well, if you eat too many fats or drink too many sodas, you're going to have bad skin. You're going to have acne. It's like, what? Like, okay. Um, or if you, it, just the myths and things that come back and forth. I just, um, it's, I love how you said that it's a medical condition and we should appreciate that it's a medical condition and get help for it. And we do see some poor survival rates for Black and Hispanic patients compared to white patients when it comes to melanoma. Is this due to misdiagnosis? Are there any dermatologists that are tackling this issue about skin tone and diagnosing melanoma early? Yeah, definitely. I think in terms of, you know, the the diagnosis, I think it's it's not just all the responsibility of the dermatologist, it's also the patient and what we've been educated and what on and what we've been told. There's a great doctor um, out of the University of Texas at Austin. His name is Dr. Adamson. He's really leading this effort. He's wrote many papers, um, published lots of articles, and he just re- he's really good on that and painting the picture of what those studies actually mean. And like, I would love to jump into the the, the results, but I probably would not do it justice. But um, you can also just find him on Twitter um, with his last name and he you will learn a wealth of information from him. Well, thank you for that insight. I think people need to see that because we talked about medical education and then dermatologists being trained on all skin tones, he is a great asset. And I know that with his help, you know, we talked about how the situation can improve. You know, I want to get back to something really simple. You know, we've talked about AI, how AI can help with health disparities. We've talked about Telgerm and why it's important. You know, the one thing we need to talk about is what's the model for kept health? I mean, why the name and why is it different? Yeah. So I think we talked uh, uh, previously about just how the platform is different throughout our our conversation. But what really sets us apart is when we offer a complete solution, right? Um, So it's not just that one touch point in your skincare journey where you're at the dermatologist. We're helping you maintain that care, triage care with the medical esthetician. You can just, you know, 
throw out a chat, somebody will be there to help you. But we're also helping you um, with at-home skin monitoring tools, whether those are skin analysis with selfies, you know, monitoring fresh um, hydration, things of that nature, acne. Um, and you can put in your symptoms. You can put in your allergies, prescriptions, your skincare routine, what you like, what you don't like, right? So we're following throughout your whole skincare journey. And when I say that, I mean, you may come with acne and you're 32. Then you may find out you're pregnant at 35. And then, oh no, guess what? You're 43. We can help you through menopause as well. And there's also some other health issues you may have. You know, um, maybe unfortunately you experience cancer or maybe you have Lyme disease or lupus. We can help you with that as well. So that's what really sets us apart. And then we take it another level. What sets us apart is all, like I said before, all of our dermatologists are experts. Integrative medicine, skin of color, not just dermatology. So we're going to you know, ask you those questions about your diet. Not that sugar causes acne, but it can cause inflammation. It can cause things to get worse, right? We want to help you with that. Um, and then also what sets us apart again is our AI is different. You know, our AI, we like to call it is inclusive. So mm -hmm. we're making sure that our AI is not 3% like some competitors, you know, that are out there. It's going to be representative of the whole country. Right. So like that's really what we're trying to do. And then to address the question of, did you say like access or the cost, like how the the cost of it? So mm -hmm. that's a big part of health equity. Right. And disparities is cost, especially for something like dermatology, where insurance is not always taken or it doesn't cover maybe even a fourth of what the cost would be. So what we do is we offer affordable membership plans uh, without the need of complicated medical insurance. And this was um, a solution we came to working with both dermatologists, our advisors, as well as the, the early users in our research beta. And so for a low monthly fee that's less than $40 a month, you can have access to an initial visit, a follow-up visit, and some chat sessions. You know, we have maybe like a three to six month commitment simply because we know it's going to take us that long to, to help you get diagnosed, to help you, you get used to asking questions, you know, follow up visit, things of that nature. Um, and then you can, if you don't, some people are like, no, I just, I just need a doctor. That's it. We give you that option as well. Or some folks, you know, that we maybe have helped through that six months, through that eight months saying, well, I don't need this membership, monthly membership anymore, but I do want to come on and get a chat session. So we offer you, once you've gone through like our membership, $20 to have a chat session, but that's also coming with a complete, you know, skincare routine and questions and things of that nature. Presumably we're using the technology on our phone, right? I'm a phone person. These are things that people can use on their phone or their desktop. Yep. So the platform is on the, it's on your phone. We find like that's the best way for us to um, capture the images of your skin, um, lighting and things of that nature, because that in turn um, helps our AI, which, you know, there's consistency issues there that we have to that we have to be mindful of. Okay, I know I, you know, when we talk about our phone technology, most people actually have their phone and they're used to taking selfies <laughs> and looking at their skin in their face through it. 
So I really want to, you know, kind of talk about startup health. You know, we follow that and it's where we first saw your information, you know, and they're an investor. What kind of help has startup, you know, health given you in on this entrepreneur journey? And, um, and how are you like sitting in that CEO chair? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the last question is a, is a bit loaded. So I'll say that one to the end. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> but, you know, Startup Health, they're all about um, increasing awareness of their companies that they support and also um, putting them in front of the right individuals. And so I will say being a part of the um, community thus far, they've actually delivered on that. So, um, you know, through the article that they presented out on Caps Health that put us in front of a lot of potential investors that came with a lot of interest from investors, which has been great for us, obviously. Um, and then also um, showcasing us. So we've been invited to participate in showcases on access to health or women's health, um, just to say more about who we are. So that's really important. Um, and then hopefully down the line, the more we get involved with the community, it's more uh, uh, participating on panels and other types of discussions where we can just increase the message of kept of health. Um, and then moving into that last question about being a, a, a CEO, you know, some days it's good, some days it's bad, but I think overall it's it's a blessing, right, for me to be able to help other individuals. But it is challenging, you know. Um, it's great to have a team around me. Every day I just get up and try to do the best that the best that I possibly can without you know burdening myself with lots of expectations. You know what's great about that, you know, you're not a 46 long, right? Because, you know, that's the average size jacket of the CEO, somebody that wears a 46 long jacket. So to see you here and hear you talk about, you know, even your challenges being a CEO and meeting a group of people is pretty amazing. And you should be very proud. You know, yes, there's some ups and downs, but you still get to get up leading some work. So it's pretty that's pretty awesome. I think, um, you know. In closing, you know, we got to talk about some calls to action. We want our listeners to understand. So, you know, how can our, you know, our listeners help reduce health disparities in skincare? Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. How can we help? You know, I think um, it's just really becoming educated on melanin and what it is and how it impacts the skin, and then also going a bit deeper and understanding how our skin is a key indicator of our eternal health, right? Like, we, we've got to start there. And then just being mindful, whether you are um, a policy, you know, professional, whether you are a dermatologist or you're a healthcare expert, you know, it's, it's just noticing the signs and speaking more about dermatology. I think dermatology is often just overlooked when it comes to the healthcare conversation. Um, and it, and I know, I'm not sure why that is. I think it probably is just the conversions of modern marketing and, and, you know, media. So it's always painted as a beauty thing when it's really not. So um, I think that's important. And then also, 
knowing that you always don't have to go to a dermatologist to ask questions about your skin. You can go to your primary care physician. You know, there may be some challenges that they have, but they can probably point you in the right direction. And then for, you know, the patient, the consumer, it's just, you know, being honest about your skin, loving, first loving the skin that you have, knowing that just because you have acne or melasma doesn't mean your skin isn't beautiful, you know, um, and your skin could still be healthy. It's just going through some different changes. I think it's going to take everybody at different, you know, key points to move the conversation further. And that makes sense because, you know, and talking to you over this, you know, this time period, it's really made me realize that, you know, being a melanin queen is more than just a t-shirt. <laughs> It's about protecting the, you know, protecting my skin and making sure I have the resources. And I think your platform does that so people can get more comfortable. You know, for me, it's like, should I go to the dermatologist? Should I? So this is a platform that I would embrace because I love telehealth. I love to be able to talk to somebody through a platform quickly. So, you know, knowing that kept health, which, you know, I really wanted to ask you about the K, the apostrophe. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, tell us what, you know, as we close and others think about innovation and health equity, what's up with kept health? Why? Why Why that? Yes. (laughs) Because we're all about getting you and keeping you healthy. So we're going to help you get kept and stay kept. That's all that's all the, where the name came from. And I like to be creative. And sometimes I like to fancy myself as a branding, branding expert. <laughs> so that's why I put the K in there. Just, you know, give it a little different spice. That's it. <laughs> no, and that gives a lot of flavor to it. And yeah, it's about keeping healthy and being, you know, I, I love it. I love it. And thank you for talking to me. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the latest episode of the Health Disparities Podcast. I want to thank our most gracious guest, Sheena Franklin. Make sure you log on, find the Kept Health app and platform and sign up because, you know, this is more than our melanin we're talking about. It's integrative health. So thank you very much, everybody. And we'll talk soon. 